0: Hey, this is Zara and welcome to my show. We're going to be talking about maybe a different topic and I'll be sipping water and you may hear my fan in the background, but that's totally fine. So today I will be talking about breakup spells and the problems with them and the expectations that clients seem to have. And today I'm using my professional setup to see if it sounds better. Um, Yes, I'll be going back to my first episode where I'm discussing, you know, what I had discussed in the first episode and I had talked about dissecting that, but I'm going to jump forward and jump into the problems people have with their breakup spells and why they are the most frustrating things to manifest. So I will just kind of ramble on here and I will talk about a myriad of subjects, of course, because it is not a simplistic topic to talk about. So really, you know, the reason why you don't have a successful relationship is because you don't know how to have one. And that's a bitter pill to swallow, but it's one that you need to realize and even for myself that was something that i had to realize for myself and of course i will oftentimes use myself as an example um because i'm not separate from this i'm the one doing the spell casting for clients and i'm the one experiencing this and am also experiencing my clients frustrations so with that being said i'm saying that i have never done my own breakup spell on any of my relationships um, but I also am trained in dark arts I'm also trained in spell casting I'm trained to be basically a psychic vampire if need be and have been hired to do so in the past um, which of course I can't really much speak about but so with that being also said I don't need to do a full casting because I know how to do directed energy attacks so I haven't had to actually do a ritual to manifest any kind of attack on any like, let's say this is what we're talking about any of the exes that I've had in my past life. Um but they have suffered many things due to my directed thoughts and the processes that one takes um when they're doing psychic vampirism. So I wouldn't take breakup spells lightly. Clients don't fully understand what they're partaking in and what they are expecting to cause. And this is why I want to talk about this. For the average client, most of them have no clue. Most of the time they are doing this out of desperation for number one reason, also number one, you should not be doing anything out of desperation because it never turns out good for you, the client. Um, Should you put all of your anger and frustration into it? Yes, and that's another subject I'll talk about, but that's oftentimes why they jump into and contact someone because they're desperate. Most casters will not speak to anyone unless they just simply schedule online and buy it or if they schedule consultations most of them are like that because clients don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're buying and they don't understand it this is why i want to talk about it so when you do things out of desperation you oftentimes don't know anything about it it's kind of like when you jump into something you know you have to have emergency surgery you have to have emergency surgery for what you have to figure that out and why you have to figure that out and what are you going to do you have to figure that out And what are you how are you going to make the income to cover your time off you have to figure that out last minute but clients desperately buy breakup spells because they think it's going to solve all of their problems and that isn't how it works oftentimes these things cannot actually cause you to have more problems and actually can cause you to have a stronger energy attachment to your ex-partner that you're wanting to cast on and this is where it gets complicated because people don't understand this and when I'm speaking they aren't listening and they also don't get what I'm saying because it's someone special who is a spellcaster and a psychic and a medium and you know a combination of those three things is rare So clients don't know what they're doing. Otherwise they wouldn't pay for what they want for this service to be done. So they buy desperately expecting that this, whoever they work with and whoever they buy from is going to just take care of their problems for them. And that isn't how it works. It's like, you know, you can get your teeth cleaned, but if you don't brush your teeth every day, it isn't going to help you. You can't just simply rely on the dentist solely. Once a year or twice a year to clean your teeth and expect your teeth to be healthy. You also can't expect to eat a lot of sugar or chew on ice and expect your teeth to be healthy. There are certain things as a client that you must do to help things manifest. And that's the thing about spellcasting. People don't understand, which is a part of the frustration that casters in general deal with. So you are desperately buying this. You want immediate results, which never happens. You think you can pry off your partner's new person instantly, which isn't going to happen. You expect doom to fall upon them instantly, which isn't going to happen. You expect that casting to work within the 30 days or the six days, because that's what you paid for. And it it isn't like that. It isn't like buying something off of Amazon or Macy's.com. It's not like ordering food from DoorDash or Uber Eats and expecting it to show up at a certain time. It doesn't work that way. And much like a lot of practices like voodoo and voodoo and as far as, you know, religious practices go, you're working with ancient energy, much like Vedic astrology. It's ancient energy and you're working with ancient deities, your ancestors and your own deities in your past are also very ancient and you don't know what you're messing with. So for you to, as a client, to be demanding is very insulting and very rude. And you're asking for trouble. You're asking for more pain and suffering. And when do you harass your spellcaster about why isn't this happening? It's also very rude because trust me, spellcasting is a job. We get paid to do it. It's just like any other job. We get paid per job, whether that be a reading or a casting for each individual service we provide, it's a job. We're sacrificing our personal time, effort, and energy. And when clients don't respect that, it isn't going to manifest. I can guarantee you it's not going to manifest because you haven't let go of any of your resentment. And of course the American culture is colliding with ancient wisdom like this because they are ungrateful, demanding, and they are entitled. And this is what 2021 is about. You either ascend or you suffer. You don't respect things then don't expect things to come to you you're not grateful for things don't expect things to come to you i mean if you've ever done any kind of service or waitressing or waitering or whatever you want to call it and you attend a table and the people are very kind and loving and grateful to you you look forward to serving them and you engage in conversation with them unlike the table that is angry, rude, and demanding. You will avoid them. You also don't want to look at them in the eyes. You also don't want to engage with them because they're angry. Same thing. Um, As a personal, myself as a personal spellcaster, since I've been hired to work for professional agencies before and higher end clients, when it comes to the average general public person, uh, if they're rude or demanding or ostentatious, and have these high expectations I oftentimes will tell them okay well you know do the one you don't get what you want don't pay for anymore why because you probably can't afford it because honestly this is another subject Spellcasting isn't for the poor okay and it isn't for the desperate and it isn't for the needy and so if you can't let go of the fact that this energy is working for you on your behalf and be grateful for it, then they're not gonna wanna serve you just like a waiter at a table. And it's as simple as I can put it to help you understand how basically, basically it works. And that's why I am considering raising my breakups to be higher because they are a big pain in the butt. They aren't fun for me to do. I really don't care if your partner stays with you or not, it's not my responsibility. I'm working on your behalf. And sometimes we don't always know if the romantic or the love contract is up. Oftentimes it is up. You have a long-term marriage and the person cheats on you and leaves you for someone younger or richer or more beautiful or whatever then generally nine times out of 10, that contract is up. Now, it is your right to seek vengeance because they are affecting your livelihood, your comfort, um, your home. You know, your home is where your heart is and your heart is where your safety is and security is. And if you are forced to live in conditions that are unlivable or on the street or in your car, then you have every right to seek vengeance. The other problem is that you can't let go of your vengeance, because if you don't let go of your vengeance, you hold it within yourself and it burns inside of you like a piece of coal. So if you can't simply take that coal, you have to imagine your casting is a oven. You take that burning ember of anger, hurt, pain, resentment from inside of it, you put it inside the wood fire oven, which is your spell casting, and you let it set a fire and you let the energy work and inside of you, there should be peace, happiness, and hope for the future. But if you still have that resentment and you haven't let it go, then it isn't gonna work. And it's that simple. It's that simple. Now, will things happen overnight? Sometimes I have seen it happen for people where it happens to them overnight for them. Um, But sometimes it takes a couple of years or three years or four years. And you have to just sit there and wait. And just know that the time is coming. And just watch. And just wait. Because that's what a predator does. They watch and wait for their prey. To become weak. And sickly. And suffer. And that's what you do when it comes to spellcasting. Um, if you can afford it, you do one every month. If you can't afford it, you do one. And you wait. And you just know in your heart. That their time is coming. And you watch them. And this is how a psychic, this is an aspect, a very small aspect of psychic vampirism, where you watch your person. You know, you give them enough rope, they do it to themselves. I've done it to many of my exes without having to cast, because I'm putting that directed thought into of course that's a small aspect of how the whole thing works but I'm giving you an example of you know like with my last one it took a couple years for him to suffer with something where he nearly died two of my exes have nearly died one will probably go going to prison for financial fraud because he has, done, he has given himself plenty of ligature length and people who cross boundaries who hurt other people always mess up And they always leave space for themselves to be tripped up. And you just have to watch and wait for that to happen. Now, if you don't know how to do that, well, I guess I'm teaching you how. You also have to get that idea out of your head that you belong to them. You also have to get the idea out of your head that you'll take them back. Because if that idea is running through your head, oh, I'll take my person back if. I've heard people say that especially people who've cheated on them, I will, I would take them back if they promised this, this, and this. Well, if that's the case, then why are you doing a breakup for? Because you want them to come back to you, and what for? So you can suffer more of the same. And just know that anything you put against someone, and you go and you congregate with them, or you spend time with them, you sleep with them, you hang out with them, you're basically going to absorb that energy that you cast onto them. So if it's something negative that negative energy will also hurt you. That's why I tell my female clients, especially them, you do anything to, you know, against your ex, you you can't go back to him. You can't be stupid and go back to, to them or any partner for that matter, whoever it is. You curse them. You do breakups. You can't be going back to them. because negative energy that will rub off on you and it will affect your life. So this is the problem with the breakup spells, and this is why they are so frustrating to manifest because like they say, it's complicated and people don't think about it. You don't think about how it happened when you first met your person and how, when did you really fall in love with them when, when, from that point on, when. Did you get married to them? How long did that take? How long did it take for them to want to be with you? And that 30-year marriage, how did it start to decline? Where was the actual beginning of that? Do you know? Do you have memories of how good it was when you first met? Can you relate to that now? Do you know when, how, where? And when it ends and all those emotions you go through which is basically the same emotions as mourning, the blame, the anger, the resentment, the frustration, the fear, the depression, the deep, dark sadness. All those are steps that it takes to end a relationship. So when you're doing breakups, you have to think of it as a series of steps. So when you're breaking, you're trying to break some up from your you know, your ex, they, you know, they met someone new, they're excited. Of course, it's mostly usually generally a physical connection, which is like a drug. And trust me, you can't separate a junkie from their source or their drug, right? So you have to do those breakups for a while because your ex and his new partner are addicted to each other because of a chemical response in their brain due to their physical connection, if you know what I'm saying. And so you have to think of it, how does it, how long does it take? And how does a person become sober from heroin or cocaine or acid? There are steps and there are 12 of them. I also am considering doing a uh, breakup series where we can do six steps or 12 steps. The first step is could be betrayal. Their ex partner could betray them. The next one could be lack of attraction. That's step 2. Step 3, they realize they have nothing in common and their happy brain chemicals that are going off or subsiding. Step 4, they financially don't meet or match up. Step 5, they realistically can't be together because they're an embarrassment especially if your husband, generally the husband, is with someone much younger than you he's going to look like an idiot to the public and he knows deep down it's not going to last and that casting would be for his realization of this is not real six being being annoyed by that person that person is too needy to that partner of that you're trying to break up and it could go on and on and on so you see what I'm getting at here is that spell casting is specific. It is not wishy washy and it is not trying to manifest a bunch of things at one time. Just like when you get into your car, you have to get out of bed. you have to shower. You have to get ready. You have to eat. You have to take your pets out. You have to get your kids ready. You have to get the car keys. You have to, might bring a water. You might bring lunch. You have to get your purse. You have to lock the door. You have to walk down the stairs or walk out of the garage or into the garage, get into the car and kick the car over. There are steps to make things happen and people don't think about things like that. They don't realize that everything in your life took a series of steps for you to get there. And this is why breakups are the most difficult to manifest. And... If you're not a good manifester, good luck. And that's oftentimes why I say, you don't want to pay me. I can make you a kit, pay 60 bucks, do it yourself. It's like a do-it-yourself divorce kit. No, they're too scared to. Well, they should be because you can attract in some scary things and you're probably not ready to deal with that. But don't ever make your caster or whoever you're hiring or your best bud which is a bad idea responsible for the manifestation of your casting it's like buying a nice car and running it into a tree and then blaming the person who made it it's like no but there if everything was done exactly to the letter then you should have no problem having that car for many years and it working for you over years time Breakup energy is very slow energy because it's earth energy because it's dealing with home life. It's dealing with happiness and relationships and relationships often take place in the home. Earth energy is slow. Not only are you manifesting earth energy and using earth energy, you're using an element of air and water. Air is very flaky. It can change. It can be destructive or it can be healing. Same thing with water. Water is very fluid. It can change in a heartbeat. That person can change feelings for that person in a heartbeat or grow stronger, more strongly atta- attached to them. And sometimes if people are very addicted to each other and you do a casting, they will at first become more strongly attached because they can feel that energy prying them apart and they're like, oh no this it's kind of like when you're holding on for a roller coaster. You're holding on to the rail while you're riding a roller coaster and you grip harder. You don't loosen up until things get calmer. And this is why it takes more than one casting to manifest. All the while, The problem also is you're still holding that attachment to your ex because you're still watching him enjoy time with or her enjoying time with someone else. And it eats you alive and yet you grow another Ember inside of you. So you must do another casting, take that Ember out from inside of you, put it into your casting so you can become cool again. That's also why number three, why it takes more than one. And it's very dark and it's very sad. And much like the law of attraction, law of abundance, if you wish something on someone, you will also suffer the same, especially if you don't know how to separate your energy. Your emotions are very dangerous because they can really sabotage you. And now you also can find out why I quit dating because I don't need anyone messing my emotional state up because when you have a bad relationship, which is another subject, it will ruin, and it can ruin, your abundance in your life. Your financial abundance, your happiness, your wealth, your stability. Let's face it, a bad ex can ruin your entire life and also kill you. So you have to ask yourself, am I going to make this difficult? Or am I going to make this Am I going to quit being controlling and let this energy go and just turn my back on it and trust that it works and not look at my ex and not care what they think and move on with my life? Because really, breakups are also about helping the client move forward and move on. But if you're not willing to let it go, then everything gets dead, stuck in the water, and it goes nowhere. Another problem is... People go, oh, well, I was talking to them for a while and then they went back to their person. Well, you didn't back that up with a love spell, now, did you? If you want them to come back. I had someone recently say that to me. Oh, well, I only got to talk to them one time when they were fighting with their new person. Yeah, because breakups will cause fights between people. Mm, That does not mean you should be a venting board for your ex you don't want your ex venting to you about their new relationship because you're helping them get back together. You need to say, if you come back to me, things will be amazing. I don't want to hear about your new person. Click. But if you're letting them vent to you and letting their emotions sort out, you're also ruining your breakup spell. This is oftentimes why I tell people, do not have contact with the ex until the ex has left the new person because people don't know how to handle the situation and they cannot handle their emotions. And ultimately, this is why your breakup spells fail because you sabotage yourself. You can't believe that they're coming back to you. You are, are going to go, okay, now that now they're back, if they come back for a split second, Are they going to stay with me? And you're going to have that fear of when are they going to leave and go back to the other person again. And you manifest them going right back to the other person. And this is why breakup spells are the most difficult. Why? Because love is fickle. Love is a drug. Love is a fake emotion. And if you can't separate yourselves from that emotion, you will have to pay for castings over and over and over until you decide that you're tired of it and go find someone else but that's up to you you want to keep working on someone because you're obsessed with them that's on you no one else no one else and no one is not enough because of what i just stated it's much easier to seek revenge on your ex versus breakups trying to get them back because you know why because you're always going to be resentful why go back to someone you're resentful to? And if you think that you love them, that's a trauma bond. That's not love. If you hate them, if you're angry at them, if you resent them, and still think that you love them, you're lying to yourself. Because it's a lie. Real love is rare, and it's real caring for someone, and respect for someone is rare. And it doesn't just happen overnight, either. It's the narcissistic and empathic bond at work. And if you can't see that, then I'm here to tell you, you need to wake up and be honest with yourself. And look in the mirror and go, I'm a victim of my own love because I love an abusive person who's cheating on me. And that isn't healthy. I either need to get counseling or I need to be spending some time to myself to see that and start learning about what a real and what a healthy relationship with someone romantically is actually like it isn't about power play it isn't about money it isn't about control it isn't about them making it up to you it's about equal unconditional respect love patience and caring that's what a real healthy relationship is like it's not sexual compatibility, or any of that stuff. And you have to learn these things. And some people have to learn the hard way. And that's why I oftentimes tell people, you sure you want to do this? Because you end up sabotaging yourself because you screw yourself over. Because you're like, oh my gosh, I did this. And I paid money. and, And it's not happening. And then you're like, but it isn't happening. And then you ruin it. And then giving your ex more energy. You unwittingly, unknowingly give them more energy by acknowledging that they're still with someone else and how angry you are. And you start the process all over again. Instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to imagine my ex. I'm going to take an eraser and erase them and act like they never existed. It was just me by myself with my kids. They never were really in my life. They stopped being in my life. Except they stopped loving me in my life at this point in time. And you really have to visualize and you have to learn to visualize that they were absentee, they weren't really there. They stopped loving you probably a long time ago. You just didn't notice it because you were lying to yourself. And once you start to see this, you'll get that they're a waste of your time, effort, energy, and money, and you will walk away and you will heal yourself. You will spend time by yourself in silence you will not talk to anyone about how angry you are about what happened you will shut up move forward with your life and create good things and forget they existed and then you'll attract the right person but that takes a lot of time and when you finally forget about them well that's when they'll want to come back or they'll have some major disaster happen and then they'll say you know I really did take you for granted and at that point you can just do further forgiveness and say i know you didn't realize what you were doing and now you realize it and so now we can both just move on no you're not coming back because you can't take that back you were absentee for a long time before that you lost yourself in your job you lost yourself in that affair you lost yourself in your ego and you weren't thinking about me because you didn't take time to grow in a relationship with me you grew apart from me and now you have to figure out who you are again without me good luck move on wish them out wish them well and say goodbye and yes It might take a lot of counseling. It might like take a lot of alcohol. It might take a lot of sleeping. It might take a lot of journaling. It might take a lot of shadow work and it's probably gonna take a lot of alone time, but that's the process that you need to go through avoiding it and being all tough on the outside and not acknowledging your emotions is going to hurt you and make the process longer. It's that simple. So when it comes down to it, when you purchase a breakup spell, You will thank your person who did it for you. You'll put all your anger and energy and effort into it and know that the time is coming. And don't assign a time and a date because time and dates are only for earth, not for ancient energies. And you will turn your back and not look. It's like when you're late to work at lunch or late to work in the morning, you lose track of time and boom, oh, there it is. You're going to be 20 minutes late because it's already five after and you didn't even realize it. And that's how your casting will manifest when you're not looking, when you're not paying attention. And then you're going to go, oh. But of course, you're probably going to be like everyone else and feel guilty. You're going to feel bad. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that to that person even though they really abused me Physically, financially, emotionally, because you have no self esteem. And that's also another component. You may be tough on the outside, but deep down, you probably don't have self esteem. You need to grow your self esteem and work on yourself because when you put yourself into someone, you lose yourself. And that's where couples lose it. They don't grow together, they don't grow individually, they grow apart and they lose themselves. And now you know that's something that you need to change in your next relationship. You need to tell your partner, I want us to grow individually. And I want us to grow together. And that's going to take some effort and acknowledgement, even just acknowledgement of that. So it's a lot more complicated than just going online because it isn't shopping on Amazon. It's about real change and real change comes from within you. You can buy all the workout tapes. You can buy all the healthy juicing food whatever and if you don't use it you don't do it it isn't going to happen same thing with spell casting if you aren't ready for real change you aren't ready to become an active participant in your life then expect nothing to happen but certainly do not blame the person that you hired because you are ultimately responsible for your own manifestations we are not we are not louis vuitton that sold you a faulty purse You're the one who is not taking responsibility. You're the one who's creating blank energy. And you're the one who's not manifesting. And so you do one casting. You feel like the bond between the two have gotten stronger. You have to ask yourself, do I really want to invest more money? The more money you invest, the more time, effort, and energy you spend on your ex, the more energy you're giving them to helping them grow. That's the problem with a breakup spell. It's a double-edged sword. Or you can just do the one. Trust it's going to happen, not look when it's going to happen, close your eyes and know their day is coming. Whether it be six months, one year, two years, five years from now, my last ex suffered two years after we officially ended things. He, of course, betrayed me and of course he suffered something very, very bad. And of course, if you're me, I was satisfied in that. And I was also satisfied to know that even though he suffered something very life-threatening and horrible, he still didn't change. And that still shows me he still has to grow by himself. And I wish him luck. I wish him the best. And no, I don't have to ever speak to him ever again. Because he hasn't changed. And if you look at things that way, it'll be much better for you. Because when you're working with ancient energy, you're working with things that are not very flexible. It's hard energy. It's harsh. There's no coddling. There's no poor baby. There's no, here's a warm blanket for you. No. If it's someone that betrayed you in the worst way, then you have to expect and send back the best Of what they gave you. Which was the worst. And find comfort in it. And not be guilty. And quit being wishy-washy. And quit thinking that if you give them more. If you love them more. They'll give you more. When no they won't. It's a lot like. This is sucking it up buttercup. And it sucks. And there's no comfort there. Not when it comes to this kind of casting. There's no comfort. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist. And if you're so-called empathic, you probably don't have the guts within you to be as vengeful as your ex was. And now you also can see how you two are also incompatible and be grateful that that person is no longer in your life. Because if you continue to stay, the worse it's going to get. The worse and worse and worse it's going to get. And I have experienced that too. And they never change. Even if they nearly die, they don't change. So this is the synopsis on the breakup spell. This is why they're so hard to manifest. If you just can't simply do one or two and accept that it's going to work. If you're going to be involving your emotions, you're going to be involving guilt, then you're going to have problems. On the other hand, I do have a lot of clients that have manifested this with the breakups and they are happy with them and they continue on to do other castings. There's also that client, which is different from the current client that I'm speaking of. And they're learning to become better manifestors. Eventually, they probably won't need me anymore, which is fine. Because it takes up a lot of my time. Casting takes up a lot of time. Effort and energy. It's very costly. It's expensive. And that's why when you pay for something, no. There's no returns on money. Because it's very physically, emotionally, mentally, and financially involved in training for your caster. Just know that. And trust me, I really don't want to have much to do with people and who's together and who isn't together. Because it's draining you know why? Because I'm happy being by myself. And I really wish that for my clients. That they could just leave their abusive people who have disappointed who have disappointed them, who've used them, who've cheated on them, and just sit in silence and release it eventually and just move on. That's what I wish for them. That's why I just tell them, it didn't work. Just leave it alone. Don't look at it. Don't buy anymore. Move on with life. Because I don't have time to sit there and explain all of this to them this is why I'm also doing this as a podcast because it's just easier to be a voice instead of having someone look at me, judging me as a female physically and all of that. And this is a voice of reason and a voice of truth when it comes to the aspect of a spellcaster on the breakup spells. So that's that. I will end it now. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned a little bit more about this, about yourself and how it works. And have a great night. Thank you for listening. Truly listening. Good night. So I had talked about on the first episode about, you know, not jumping in too fast. And so the first few steps is what I'll go over that I recommend to clients A lot of the problems that females or anyone who wants to be in a relationship with someone who's very resistant and almost seems like they don't want to be in a relationship, yet that person still wants to make things work out, which is another phenomena that I deal with. The person that really wants to be with someone so desperately is always the one whose partner does not want to be with them. And they drive themselves insane to try to bring that partner in closer so that they do want to commit to them, give them 100%, but they just can't for some reason. And I always say it's because let's go back and look at what you did when you first met them. And a lot of times it's you let them walk in your front door without wiping their feet off. And you also didn't have any boundaries. You also allowed them to do what they wanted to do. So what's, what's the problem, right? That's how they're going to feel. What do I need? Why do I need to change? It's always been the status quo. Why are we changing now? So the first step when you first meet someone is to not give them your phone number right away. And that seems ludicrous, right? But I think you should try it, especially if you aren't getting what you want, and you're one of those people that's dating a lot, because I have talked to several of those this week. Dating this person, dating that person, you know, online dating makes a very, it's a very easy source for sex for males, or for anyone who wants that. But a lot of females are on those sites, and they're looking for committed partners, and they're having a difficult time getting that. So. Try not giving them your phone number and see how they react. You do need to think about who you're talking to because even though they seem like a really nice person, let's say you spent hours talking on the phone, which I think is also a bad idea. And they seem like a really nice, genuine person. You still don't really know deep down who they are. And let's face it. That's how a lot of serial killers get their victims, by gaining their trust, and that's something else we'll talk about. So to say, you know, when I first meet someone, I'm not comfortable giving my phone number to them right away because it's my work number, etc. whatever you have to say. And my work number is for my work, but I would like it if you were to text message me on some other site, another text message type site a faux, give them a faux phone number, a a, a fake phone number even, and they won't even know that it's not your real phone number right away because, you know, they have those apps now. In the past, those weren't available to us, but we need to use our technology to help us get what we want in life. So use one of those apps, have him text you there, tell him I like, or, you know, a texting app, say, I like this app. Or a phone number app that will give you a fake phone number to protect your current number. And as you can see, or as you can hear, that doesn't sound like such a bad idea, doesn't it? Doesn't that open up a world of opportunities to you? Especially if you are someone that's looking to protect yourself physically, but also mentally, also financially. It's probably a good idea this day and age. One, if you don't like them and it doesn't work out, you can just delete that number. You can just block that number because it's not your real phone number anyway. Two, if they are a complete creep or they're trying to use you, same thing. They don't have your real phone number anyway, so it's all okay. You have to make it an obstacle course for your partner to earn. Or they're not going to have anything to want to work for and it makes a lot of sense if you think about it and there's nothing wrong with trying something different like I say to my clients well has what you know what have you been doing has it been working what you've been doing lately has it been working out for you the answer is normally no not really you know what I'm trying to say here then it's time to do something different. So the first step is don't give them your real phone number. Also say, hey, I'd like to connect to your Instagram or your Facebook account and see how they react. If they don't want to, then that's a big red flag, isn't it? To say, oh, I need to slow down because this person doesn't want me on their social media for some reason and that says something so that also means for my client is if the person they're seeing won't allow them onto their social media that also means you don't allow them between your legs to put it bluntly and so you can keep having platonic dates remember those You go get an ice cream Sunday, you go play miniature golf there's glow in the dark golf you can play indoors now you play Go play some bowling. Go you know, shoot some darts. Have a drink. If you can't control yourself, don't have a drink. Have a cup of coffee. Have a cup of tea. Have dinner. Also make sure that it's somewhere in pretty nice. If it's something that they don't want to spend money on, then that also shows you how much they value you and what they think of you. So there you go. That eliminates that person right away, doesn't it? And it's also kind of peace of mind because they can't directly text you. They can de- text you off this other app that you can probably turn off, turn the sound off. You don't even have to know that they messaged you. And there's some comfort and a level of safety and control in that that a lot of my so called empathic clients need to give themselves. And so when you first meet somebody, you're going to try that T- fake alternative phone number from whatever app you prefer, whether you tell them or not. You don't even have to tell them. I believe now you can just even have a uh, a phone number, a phone number to cover your normal, your real number. And they don't have to know your phone number. And also, it's not as personal. It it's just kind of gives you that distance. And also, social media. They don't want you on there? Well just tell them well I you know I kind of like to meet my partner's you know social media and see what they're like so I can get to know them better but if you don't want me to that makes me feel like you don't trust me or you're just looking for something superficial which I'm not and so you automatically eliminate that problem Because that's what a lot of my female clients say. I'm in this very long-term involved relationship. And I am not allowed on his social media. And they don't know how to get them to let them onto their social media. They also won't uh, change their relationship status on social media. So, you know, if you first meet somebody and you would like to be on their social media eventually just do that in the beginning and see how comfortable they are with that if they aren't then you don't need to be comfortable with them it's a given now it's a respect thing too another thing is say you are talking on the phone don't let them just talk your ear off because that means they're being narcissistic they're putting they're venting all their information on you. They love talking about themselves. But if it's not a two-way conversation and you're doing a lot of mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all of that's interesting, that needs to change. So what you do to change that is start asking them questions. Ask them some serious, tough questions. Maybe things that you don't like. Like I had a client that found out that someone she was dating enjoyed group orgies. And I told her, well, looks like that's a question to add to the list. Have you done that? Have you participated in that? Do you plan on doing that? And would, do you want to do that? And you can just politely say, it's because I'm just not interested in that. And I want to meet someone who has common values as mine. And so you probe and you question, and you can see if you set them off. If they have old wounds, you'll see how they can get, when they get angry, How bad do they get? How nasty do they get to you? How mean, what mean things do they say to you? And also, uh, is it a narcissistic trigger for them or cue? So in hypnotic world, we don't say trigger. We say cue, you know, so, um, you'll see that person's true colors relatively pretty upfront versus finding that out later because let's face it everyone puts their best face on because your date's goal is to what pretty much have a sexual experience and then later decide if they want to keep you or not and what we're trying to do here is reverse that and, and have them get to know you decide they want to have a relationship with you and um, then get a sexual um, experience but not the other way around because then you put the ball in their court and it's up to them and so many of my clients are at the mercy of their partner when they give their partner everything that they want so i'm telling you do not give them everything that they want if you have specific goals and you have specific things that you would like to happen make try to make them happen first before you give them what they want that means slowing down a lot Now, you might not meet someone that's patient enough because we live in this world today that's very, very fast, but you're just going to have to find someone that's patient enough. And I feel that if more females did this, they would have, you know, they would eliminate a lot of narcissistic, abusive, nasty relationships. They would save themselves a lot of time, effort, and energy, and money probably. And they would also probably meet a genuine, really deep down good hearted person. And that's how you would do that. Uh, also don't give all of your personal information about yourself upfront to anyone you do not know. Also do not sleep with them right away, unless that's what's all you want. But I do feel that as our world is progressing, it is becoming more and more dangerous to do that. It is becoming very dangerous to put yourself in a situation where there's someone in the car with you, uh, that person, if you're in their home or you're they're in, they are in your home, that puts you in a vulnerable position and you don't want to be taken advantage of in any way. So I really feel that people really need to slow down and not make it about an exchange of dinner for sex. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, it's like that's where expectations come in. And you should just be up front and tell the person, I don't sleep with anyone right away. I don't do that. It might take a few months because I really need to take time to get to know someone because not only maybe you have had a bad experience, you don't have to fully go into that. You could just say, you know, I just really want to make sure that I'm doing things the right way. And what's wrong with taking time and smelling the coffee and smelling the roses and slowly get to know each other? Like, why is that a problem? And so I think that the more people do that, the more common it will be, you know, put that on your profile. If you have a dating profile that it's a slow Shetland pony. It's not a thoroughbred racehorse when it comes to you because you don't need to be used and thrown aside. So these are some, a few of the steps that I've come up with that has helped people. Also, when you first meet someone, don't tell them everything that you're expecting from a relationship. Just tell them, well, I would like an honest person, a loving, good person, someone that I can go get coffee and read books with, etc." Don't tell them I want a long-term commitment and I want this and I want that and I want that. Save that for later when it's like, okay, so you really want to get close to me physically um, after probably you've also done a background check. And you also should tell them, well, you know, I like to be with someone that's, that is looking for a long-term and really knows inside themselves that they're okay with being monogamous. Because if you're not, then I need to know that now. And don't make it sound like it's an ultimatum because your partner will lie to you and give in to your ultimatum and then later break your heart. So you're just doing what you can to minimize the risk of getting heartbreak and also being used and abused and also being lied to. So we're just going to try to reduce those situations. Um, People sleep together. They are all enamored and in love with each other. And then later they tell their partner, this is what I'm expecting. Then they try to change the game. They try to change sides of the table. And it's like, that doesn't always work. So if things have been going a certain way and you want to change the direction of that, it can be very difficult, especially if it's a newer relationship. A newer relationship needs to be kind of handled like fine China, be very careful, move very slow, or it's going to break. Just so you know. Um and two, like I really think the long phone conversations uh need to be handled like that. You need to probe and ask questions and I guess I could go into a personal story that happened recently which is really funny because I really don't consider myself a part of the dating world but I'm just like a relationship counsel- counselor and reader. So I had someone that and I've had several of these. It's really interesting. Someone from your past wants to reemerge into your life and they talk about how they're they find you so enamored. So they're so enamored by you and they want to get to know you and they regret not having the chance to in the past and all these great things I'm sure you might have experienced it and if not, you probably will and they want to do this and that and the other you have to really watch out for those kind of people because number one, that's a lie because if they really had feelings for you they would have said and two, you are like the cookie crumbs at the bottom of the cookie jar and they're not telling you the truth Just, just to put that out there So this person in my circle called me and I was very busy at the time and didn't really care much because it wasn't someone I was attracted to. He was also married at the time 10 years ago and I didn't care. So he was like, got my number somehow, maybe Facebook somewhere and called me and uh, wanted to catch up. So I had a quick conversation, Uh, whatever happened, he had to go back to work. I had things to do. And he's like, I'll talk to you later. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't really care, but whatever. Uh, later on that night, I think 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, I turned my phone off at a certain time because I don't want clients messaging me. I don't want to talk to anyone. And I'm just not going to talk on the phone. It doesn't matter who you are. Like you could be the president and I wouldn't answer the phone at 11 o'clock at night. And so he uh, proceeded to call my phone number 15 times in a row and did not leave a voicemail. So I said, well, that's a red flag and uh, he's awfully assuming a lot. And see, I also was like, see, I just need to hide my phone number because it seems like once people get your phone number, they, or your phone, access to your phone, they really can be abusive and misuse that because I didn't say or give permission for him to call me at 11 o'clock at night. So I was like, well, I should just block that number. And I think that I did block the number I don't know. I felt crazy because after a few months later, he calls me again. I also blocked him on Facebook when that happened. And then, so a few months later he calls me again and I happened to answer the phone and it was also all, it was pretty late, like 930 and I shouldn't have answered the phone. That's why I don't answer the phone because it's never anything good after eight o'clock. And he says, Oh, Hey, how are you? And uh, uh, like, you know, like, like we're on that level we're we're not because I haven't talked to this person in maybe 10, 12 years. And I said, Oh, who is this? And he told me and I go, Oh, it's you. And I said, Oh, uh, what do you want? What's going on? So he started going on about his day, this, that, and the other. And I was like, okay, we're going to let this shit show play out. Right. And he's going on and on about this happening and that happening and I'm just like I don't really want to hear this but I did change the conversation by asking him probing questions and of course if you talk to me I'm going to talk to you about some pretty out there stuff just so I can see how you react because I'm a medium and because I have experiences and I just like to freak people out honestly just to see how they're going to react to me so we ended up bringing up he had some trip in Sedona and he was also saying weird shit. So I decided I was going to also say weird stuff back. He said he, there was a plane and it hit, uh, it looked like it hit the mountain. He was hiking on bell rock and all this stuff. And, but there was a plane and it crashed. But then the next morning there was no plane. And I was like, Oh, so in, it was in Sedona. And I said, so, Oh, so you had some kind of like UFO experience or something like that then. And you know what I mean? And he just kind of was going, and at that point, he was pretty delirious, because it was a very long conversation, because I'm like, if you're going to be a jerk and call me late at night, I'm going to just keep you up all night, because I'm irritated, and it was going on a long, long conversation. And I just kept asking him questions, annoying questions. So what was that? So what was that? You said it was a plane, but it wasn't a plane. Like, that's a UFO, right? That's a UFO, right? That What is that? What is that, like a vortex? And I think that he was really delirious, really tired. He had also had back surgery. So I think he had taken a painkiller beforehand, but didn't tell me that. He should have told me that. His speech was kind of getting slurred over the couple of hours we were talking. And he starts getting very disoriented and I am very good at doing that. So, cause I'm like, if you're going to bother me, I'm going to just make you regret it. And so uh, he just got confused and then he was like, he kind of lost it. And he was just was, was like, going. Eh, 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 and I just thought, uh oh, so I didn't say anything and I was just listening and he starts going, eh, if you you don't believe me, I have, you, I have you, don't you ever call this effing number ever again. Uh. And I was just like, uh, I didn't say anything, but I was thinking, I didn't call you. And then I heard him put his phone down and he walked away from it. And I was like, he must be on something. So that conversation, the way I handled it, did prevent me from wasting my time on someone who uh, clearly does not have their life together. If you've had back surgery and you're on painkillers, I think that you should avoid trying to call someone you're, you've been supposedly in love with for the past 10 years and you can see why and how how easy it is to eliminate these people because it's just lies. They're hoping that you're desperate enough to sleep with them and that's all that is. And to, for him to assume that I was still single after 10 years was also bizarre because I never said I was single. I never said I was attached. I was just like, I'm kind of doing my own thing. He assumed that and so I was glad that I did do the probing question thing and asked hard, weird questions. And if they get irritated or really hateful, then you're, you're going to want to avoid someone like that. You want to see how self-aware they are. How can they handle an awkward situation? Maybe they're going to start to notice you and your funny questions and then they go, wow, you have a lot of interesting questions you're asking. Then you're going to know that they are listening to you. So we have to see how they respond and how they react. It's a great way to eliminate dud relationships or dud partners because you don't want to. I mean, I have to ask people this, like the general public. Don't you get tired of being someone's notch? You're like, you become a notch on their belt. Aren't you tired of that? Don't you get tired of just being another notch on someone's belt or notch on someone's bedpost? Do you get tired of that? Do you get tired of the X thing and worrying about if you're going to run into them and see them somewhere? All because you just didn't have strong boundaries and you didn't start. You you need to set the tone on this relationship. You need to set the tone. And and people fall into that romantic fake love that is just all about brain chemistry and chemicals and the highs and the lows. And it's an addiction. And then when reality comes, no one knows how to act. And it's as old as time, but it's still happening. And it's just people are victims of it. And it's like, don't be a victim of that. So that's just a way to creep boundaries and to get a new partner used to your boundaries and to see how they handle it. Uh, I know that people who don't have good boundaries also don't respect other people's boundaries. And I've seen that happen many times with clients when I tell them, for instance, my business hours, and then they still want to have me meet with them outside of business hours or they message me at 6 a.m. And it's like, okay, you're not very self-aware. You're not looking at the time zones. And you're also asking for something that I don't deliver to. I don't offer that. I don't give that. So that's another thing. If you're asking someone to give something that they cannot give you and you get angry that they don't love you back, that's really your problem. Quit giving them everything And expecting in return when they can't give it to you. So same thing with me. I could be a pushover and tell my person, "Okay, this is my business hours from like nine fifteen to six p.m." So then this person could message me or email me six a.m. Sometimes they email four or five times in a row, and they want me to answer them like right now. Well, I don't start working at six o'clock in the morning because I'm preparing to go to work. I start answering emails and text messages at nine o'clock in the morning, but there's still always that one person that tries to push the boundary and message me anyway. Some of them message me at three or four in the morning and those uh, messages I just don't answer because I'm not going to message someone back at three o'clock in the morning. So me being the pushover like a lot of people do, I could be like, okay, I'm just going to message back right now because they they've messaged me five times. I have to message them back at 6.30. Once you give in to your boundary and you let them cross it, good luck trying to reset the boundary. It'll be very, It'll be a painful experience for you. So you really need to sit down and write down what your boundaries are and what you're flexible on and what you're not flexible on and what you're not flexible on. Don't be flexible on it. Don't. Give in because trying to get that back will never happen. And then you'll be angry because you're giving them what they want, they're not respecting you, and more than likely, they will not be giving you back what you are expecting. So, the first step is learning good boundaries and taking it slow. And if you can do this for a few months, I think that you should. I also think that you know, few very few very few people do this as you need to give them less personal information, right when you meet someone in the very beginning. And you need to you know, ask them to, you know, accept you on social media, um, message you from a different number. You need to have boundaries, you need to not be sleeping with them. You need to have cute fun dates that don't last for hours on end and give it time no I know that if you do the probing question thing it really has worked for my clients because they do get to see the true person and I've seen a lot of my clients eliminating duds left and right because duds can really get stuck it can be like gums pieces of gum on the bottom of your shoe that you have to scrape off. Sometimes a dud can get so embedded in you that they're hard to get rid of. They also make you very miserable and trying to get them out of your life can be difficult. So just remember that. Don't be desperate to get someone in your life because they could really make you regret it. And then you'll be trying to get rid of them and it'll be difficult to be getting rid of them. So don't be desperate. That's another thing. Don't be desperate. Don't be so anxious to meet your twin flame, which is such another misnomer and it's a lie. You have the opportunity to meet the right person if you're very selective. Being very selective will get you to meeting the correct person sooner than later. And a lot of people don't believe that. A lot of females I see so desperate, they just want to grab the first guy who's decent looking, has a good job and has a good home, and uh, they just want to latch right onto to him without giving a second thought. And then when it doesn't work out, they wonder why. Well, it's because you're desperate. He doesn't respect you. You didn't have boundaries and you didn't take it slow. You didn't ask him, hey, did you just want sex or did you really want a real relationship? And that's another thing I have to talk about when you're, especially males, Whenever a partner who is unsure, whether they're male or female, says, yes, I do see myself in a long-term committed relationship. Uh, Okay, so is that the fake person, the idealized person in their head or is that you? Because let me tell you right now, those are two separate things. They're not the same. So don't get bamboozled or fooled by that. I remember I had dated this dude and he was like saying, I'm in the best position in my life. I am in the best position to be in a relationship with someone and everything in my life is perfect. My job is great. I don't have any debt. I have my own home. My son is doing good. He's basically grown up and I'm ready to live my life and I'm in the perfect position to be in a relationship with someone. And I thought, great. Well, that didn't mean he wanted that with me. It was someone else that I didn't know who it was he didn't really either but it wasn't me it was some fictitious female that he had idealized in his head that I didn't know who she was or what she was like but it sure as heck wasn't me and so don't be fooled by all these things and don't be so anxious to get someone into your life that you don't know very well So my time is up. I think I'm limit my podcast to 30 minutes and the next time, perhaps I will talk about online dating and the pitfalls and, uh, the mistakes that I see that are being made. Okay. Well, thank you for listening and have a great night.